Hey everyone, Chris Manning from Locked on Cavs here. Evan Damrell is with me. We're going to go into Cavs Wizards. The Cavs lost 97 to 94, the first Cavs loss in a three points or closer game this season. So that is a little tricky for them, but they lost a game they could have won. We're getting into, into all of that and Isaac Okoro's return on this episode of the pod. Today's episode is also brought to you by McDonald's, proudly serving communities since 1965. McDonald's has always been more than just a place to get tasty, affordable food. It's an unofficial community center. A big thank you to our friends at McDonald's for always being there. I'm loving it. You are Locked On Cavs, your daily Cleveland Cavaliers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Evan, Cavs Wizard was very fun. Um, I'd say so. But Cavs' first loss of a game in three that was three points or closer this season, I think a game that when they look back at the film, they look back at how things kind of went haywire late for them. I think they feel like they probably should or at least could have won this game. Um, I think there's a lot. I, I think we'll do we're gonna, what we're going to do today is our normal awards in a second segment, but I think we really just need to start with the end of the game breakdowns because I think that if you want to spin it a positive way, you can say, okay, these la- the last couple of possessions were, um, let's just say, a not great. Made some mistakes, gave up two threes, both to Kyle Kuzma, both assisted by Bradley Beal late in this game. Cavs lose uh, after, the, after the second one from Kuzma. There's this instance where Lamar Stevens, who's in the game for Isaac Okoro after Okoro had um, gone up for rebound and fell back, and it just looked uncomfortable for him, comes out of the game, the Cavs say post game that they were trying to foul Beal there. It is not called. If you look back at the replay, I think it was a good no call. I think Stevens got beat and he did a weak job fouling. So like, good job, good job, Bradley Beal for shaking loose there. But what what did you just make of the end of this game, the late game execution, particularly on the defensive end for Cleveland? I, I mean, yeah, the Cavs said they're trying to foul Bradley Beal, and if you look at it, it's it's pretty clear they were trying to and foul they had, Bradley and they, Beal. And they had a foul to give. Let's say they yeah, had they did have a foul, they to had a foul to give. And JB's thought process is sound. We're saying, like, listen, we foul Brad Beal. They probably don't have the defensive breakdown three. But he also said this is a learning experience. This is a young and inexperienced team. They're going to have these kind of flub-ups and boners every now and then. Boner is a, t- a term for screw-up. And um, things just sometimes don't go their way. It's... The best way I would describe this game is it was fun up until the very end, and then you kind of felt the air just exit the building when Kyle Kuzma hit that three. Who, you know, shouts to Kyle Kuzma for making up a narrative probably in his head to talk shit to Cleveland fans, but he quite literally took a lead pipe that is known for poisoning Flint, Michigan, to the knees of the city of Cleveland tonight. But to your other point about Isaac, thankfully, I as a non-media room member of the media get to sit up in the press box for post game. And I was watching Colin shoot free throws and various standstill jumpers. Um, for those listening, he wasn't limping quite a bit, like favoring that knee and gingerly as he was walking up the court, talking to one of the trainers. Um, Isaac was walking just fine. Obviously he was walking out with his brother, um, had a gift bag of goodies and stuff and just like went up fist bump Colin, talked to him for a minute, then walked off the floor. I'm sure the Cavs will still handle kid gloves. I think he was encouraging in his first game back. Um, like JB Bickerstaff said, it was a hell of a test to put him on Bradley Beal. And it's a shame because you can really crystallize those last two defensive 
missteps for the Cavs in Washington's last two possessions. About and but you can't let that speak for the entire game. Like this is a pretty good defensive performance for the Cavs overall. We'll talk about this more in the second segment. But like Lamar Stevens and Isaac Okoro played Brad Beal super well. Like he didn't hit an actual bucket until thirty six minutes into the game at that point. I think or 33, 36 minutes. Like it was almost the fourth quarter when Brad Beal finally scored, and the Cavs had a clear strategy. They executed it. They hung tough with a very hot Wizards team. And unfortunately, it just didn't go their way. I have a few takes on what could have gone differently, but we'll talk about that next. Yeah, I think one of the things we saw is I think the second three was was especially just troublesome because it's out of a, it's out of a timeout. Mm-hmm. Steven, it's, it, I think ultimately, like, he, he had a good game, I think, otherwise. It was actually one of the better games I think we've seen from him this year. But this is on Stevens to me more than anyone else because he just got beat by Beal. Beal got free. He came around a screen, and Stevens just had no ability to to catch up. He just wasn't quick enough, didn't get around the screen, screen quick enough, and it that things got cooked there. Um, I think he also, like, when he reacted and said, why didn't you call the foul? Like, I think that, that was kind of not a great moment there either. No. Um, and and then when not. all that pressure was on the rim – Mobley and Allen collapse and they're right on top of Beal and they were both in help defense and, and Mobley had helped way off of Kuzma. The, the, the only, the only thing that happened there's then Ricky Rubio has to recover from like way out of the way. And he, he had no real chance to like alter that shot or contest in a meaningful way. That's just like a really well, really, really good job by the, by the wizards. And just, I, I frankly, one of the worst defensive possessions we've seen in this captain's play all year in my mind, it was, I've never seen them that discombobulated on a defensive end on the def- on a defensive possession this year. And it, and it obviously just came at a very, very, very critical moment. Yeah, it really did. And it, like I said, it's unfortunate that a lot of people are probably going to crystallize this entire game based on those two possessions, What whether it's the Kuzma three or the Corey Kisper layup to kind of just ice this game entirely. And then it, it's tough too, because Darius talked about it on the following possession. He hit a three and he thought it was good. And it looked good to me when he shot it, but it just, it was short and, it's just unfortunate. Like you said, there's a lot of pressure in the situations after you kind of blow that defensive possession where Kyle Kuzma was being heckled by Cavs fans the whole night um, and just kind of iced the game for Washington. I don't know, man. I'm not like, yeah, like disappointed with the results, but I wouldn't say I'm frustrated because this Cavs team showed a lot of, they played hard. They showed a lot of good effort. They showed tenacity. I hate these buzzwords, grit, like they're sports cliches, but they show a lot of positive things, and I think this is a good learning lesson. A learning lesson. This is a good lesson for the Cavs, and it's a learning experience for them. And I'm interested to see how they bounce back against Detroit on Friday, which I haven't been paying attention. Um, I don't know if they beat Houston or not. I don't know who won that game in the end because I was working tonight's game. So my attentions were on the Cavaliers and the Wizards. But I think the, 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 Pistons, the Pistons did win. They won by eight. Okay, so this could be a... Bit of a trap game for the Cavs, but a good bounce back opportunity opportunity as well to not maybe crumple as quickly. Like, I don't know. If this was last year's Cavs or this was the John Bayline led Cavaliers, this is kind of the crushing loss. You're thinking, like, okay, this Cavs team could crumple. I don't really see that happening this time around. Whereas saying, like, JB, I still think has the pulse of this team. I still think he knows and what to do and say the right things. And um Kobe Altman has not given him all the answers to the test per se yet, but he is still figuring it out on the fly and making it work. Oh, jeez. Uh, just let's talk about the, the article during the intro. Yeah, let's talk about yeah. Griff real 
Like, well, well, no, we're not talking about Griff. They, J- oh. Jake, I'm sure our buddy Jake Madison at Lockton Pelicans is going to be um, frivolously recording a fresh new incredible podcast because he's really, really good at what he does. So go check that out for all your David Griffin content. This is not a, we're not, I don't want to dive into this. I want to ask you about the, the Darius Garland shot at the end of this game because my initial reaction was which one the the well the floater we're going to talk about the floater and that's going to be my play of the night i'm spoiling that now because that incredible stuff from darius what did you make of the three that he took i don't think like i said i thought it was going to go in and just it's unfortunately it just it went out that's all it is man like it's just it's unfortunate that's all i can say is just like dang that sucks because this cast team played really 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 well up until like the last 20 seconds or so and they kind of just let their youth and experience bite them in the butt and they still had a chance and it's just you know what you just kind of throw your hands and say yeah you thought it was going to go in but at the end of the day you're not going to kill Darius over not making that shot yeah I don't I at first watch I wondered if that was necessarily like the right shot just because it was like kind of deep um you technically had a little more time to work but obviously not much I think the real bummer at the end of this game is just I, th- I think the ball when the ball Darius misses it rims out it goes towards the baseline there's like a second left it gives it give, it's been given to the Wizards ball I think that ball was off the Wizards last but because because the Cavs had no timeouts they could not challenge it so kind of a no way kind of on that you know it, it's just one of those things that you can't like save a timeout for like a possible challenge into a game. I don't think that's like a fault of JB or anything. It's just like that. There's just like a couple little things that just kind of went wrong at the end there that I think kind of kept them from winning. And there's some, you know, some other stuff too. Obviously this is, this team is missing three rotation players. I think you could feel that we'll talk about the, the lack of Colin and what they're going to miss with him gone. I think more Friday, but I think you felt his absence a little bit, at least especially earlier in this game. And, they, they left some stuff on the board. I mean, Rubio missed a free throw in the fourth quarter. Like, I think this is just a game that, particularly because of what happened late, uh, the Cavs will be kicking themselves a little bit. But, Evan, uh, we're going to take a break. We're going to come back. We're going to give out our award. So, MVP, play of the night, stat of the night for this one. But first, got to tell you about our friends at BetOnline. And BetOnline is back and better than ever. They have a new web interface for the start of the basketball season that has more props, odds, and lines than ever before. It remains the number one spot for all of the basketball and football action this season. Head to the new BetOnline updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use the promo code locked on to receive your bonus from basketball to football to baseball postseason action, NHL boxing and UFC right to the favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. And that's bet online. That's where the game starts. Again, use that promo code locked on all one word. All right. Chris Manning, Evan Damrell back here. Evan, uh, just to run through the box for this one, the Cavs again lose 97 to 94. Ricky Rubio led the Cavs to 20 points. Darius Garland had 19. Um, Evan Mobley had another good game. Okoro played, I think, 28 minutes in his game back, had two points on one of five shooting. He spent most of the night defending Bradley Beal. Uh, Kyle Kuzma led at Washington with, or had 22, and, and Montrezl Harrell had 24 off the bench. Bradley Beal had 13 on four of 19 shooting, did not make a field goal until 3:45 left in the uh, second, in the third quarter. Excuse me. So uh, again, kind of a weird game. Evan, your your MVP for this game is whom? 
Well, if there's like two, maybe three clear picks, I'm going to go with Ricky Rubio, though, because I'm a coward. Uh, he himself actually got MVP chance during the game tonight, and somebody yeah. asked him post game when's the last time you heard that, and he's like, uh, right before I woke up. So you know, this was a fun game for Ricky. Um, one of my biggest takeaways, if you watch the Locked On now, is the Cavs are really going to be like their offense went stagnant in the third quarter, and you start just wondering like, okay, the Cavs really need somebody to go out there and get a bucket. They don't have Colin out there, so what the hell are they going to do? Ricky kind of turned into that. He was taking some weird, like, step back, like, fall away three pointers, and one of them went in. Then he went and tried to heat check and took another one, and that didn't go in. Um, I'm fully on board with the Ricky Rubio experience. I'm still hesitant to say he's going to lift the curse of number three, but my man has been sensational. He is clearly still the Olympic MVP. Um, he's carrying those good vibes to the Cavs. Uh, a couple missteps along the way, but overall Rubio was fun. I enjoyed the experience. He's my MVP. Who's your pick? I'm going to go Darius Garland because I think he, the floater he hit was the, the shot of the game for the Cavs. And I think you could go Evan Mobley. I think you could go Isaac Okoro because of the defense he played on, on Beal. Um, yeah, you're blessing everyone ahead of mine. I had Jared Allen, too. Like, I, a lot of guys played well in this one. Um, I don't think you can feel particularly bad about, like, anyone's performance. I think, like, you know, Jetty, I think, had some all right moments in the game. He had six rebounds and was crashing the glass. Well, I mean, again, like, I know he messed up late, but this was, like, a good Lamar game. I mean, he's not an MVP pick here, but I think I go with Garland. 8 of 16 from the field, 3 of 10 from three, which I like the volume there. Only had four assists and did only four turnovers. So not, like, not like his best game. But I felt like I like I like Evan those opportunities where we get to see him get to carry stuff late. I almost I understand why it happens and why Ruby is the one handling the ball late and everything. I really just want to see like Darius Garland get the last four minutes of a game with the ball in his hands. Like I want that. We got a minute of it, right? We got like a minute of it, and he hit that floater, and then he almost hit that that three, which would have been a game winner. Um, Played 36 minutes. Only Allen played more. Mobley got in some early foul trouble. That kind of limited him, limited him to 26. But I, I think I go Garland. But I think it's more of a collective effort. And I, I think like Mo, I mean, you can make a good case for Mobley. Um, and Allen mm-hmm. obviously had a good game too. But yeah, end of the night is what? Do you ask play of the night? You cut out. Oh, stat of the night. Stat of the night. Oh golly. Um, I can go first. Why don't you tell like. me yours? Well, I, I have a few in mind, but I want to hear yours. So Wizards, first. that's why I want. Um, yeah, okay. I, I, so, I promise I'm prepared. Yeah, it's okay. Wizards had 22 second chance points. Uh, the Cavs just kind of had an issue containing the the mantras Harrow of it all a little bit weirdly. Um, <laughs> they had 12 offensive rebounds against just six for the Cavs. Wizards out rebounded the Cavs by nine, and they turned into a lot of second chance points, a lot of second chance opportunities. That's another thing that the Cavs, if the Cavs are, Cavs are going to play big. If they're going to play Windler, or excuse me, Wade, and Mobley and, and, and Allen, and they're going to like lean into that and everything, like you kind of got to collect the rebounds. And even if a team spaces you out, if you know Mobley's guarding Kuzma and, and you know, Harold's going to, Harold's a ball of energy and all that stuff. Like you have to win you have to control the glass if you're going to play big like that. And I, I think a t- that that this is the way that a, a learning experience where the Cavs can kind of look at this and say, okay, this team spaced us out a little bit and we could, we couldn't get rebounds and that killed us. And that uh, to me, that's like a major, major reason they lost. And you could, all, I just as a second, like the wizards were 17 to 17 from the line. The Cavs missed six free throws. The Cavs make three of those free throws. Rubio in particular, um, it makes the one he missed or, you know, Jared Allen was one of four, which is well below what he should be. They, they, they win this game or get to go to overtime too. So just a little bit of a, it's kind of a double up there. Yeah, no, I think that's a really good stat pick and it's really frustrating to think like 
the Cavs are kind of outworked. I mean, Montrez Harrell played like a man possessed at times for the Wizards. He's been like, he's been quite good for them. Quite good. I think that's his per- ideal role is like a high energy microwave scoring big man off the bench for them. And I think he wasn't properly utilized. The Lakers, they kind of asked him to play more of like a, Dw- a la Dwight Howard role or even what Marc Gasol was providing them, like more of a traditional big man instead of like, hey, we'll lean on you for your scoring punch. Kind of like how he was at the Clippers under Doc Rivers. So like I like seeing Trez. I like I think Montrez Hell was a fun player. I like seeing him kind of compete. I know Jeff Dotnam and I wanted to give him a big fat contract, but I think him getting kind of bullied defensively when Jared Allen was doing some post moves on him is a clear indicator of not paying Trez. But my stat of the night pick is the Cavs missed six three throws that are fifteen of twenty one from the line. Washington was seventeen of seventeen. That's the whole point of free throws. They're kind of called freebies for a reason. Like you said, Rubio missed a key one. Jetty missed one early in the game. Allen missed three of them. Mobley missed one of them. Um, It's tough just going around like that. Just to think like the Cavs legitimately could have won this game if they just made their free throws. And it's just a fundamental thing. It's just a basic thing. It's a simple thing like that. And that's just kind of where I'm at. So play of the night for you is what? In the fourth quarter, Jared Allen had a block. I think it was like at 8.04 or so, and it led to probably one of the easiest buckets in Jetty Osmond's NBA career. But, like, it was an it was an. I know exactly what you're talking about. <laughs> Where he didn't realize um, he made the shot. Yeah, didn't realize oh he made the God. shot. Um, it was it, like he Montrose Harrell was going for a dunk. Jared was like a nasty block. It really got the crowd going. Mobley rebound. Jetty cut it ahead, and it was a Mobley assist. And like, yeah, Jetty didn't realize he made the basket. But like I said, one of the easier one of the easier buckets Jetty Osmond's ever made. He didn't realize he even made it. That's why I play the night pick. What's yours? Mine is the Darius Garland floater because this was the kind of shot oh, the, at the end of the third and end of the, the this is the one later in the game. I think was it and yeah, oh. end of the third quarter. Um, it's another one of these instances where we've seen him get a chance to create late in a quarter, seeing him get a chance to kind of be the, the, the shot one-on-one creator that the team is kind of clearly lacking. Um, I kind of just think like that is one of the, like the, the kind of shot he needs. And I was, I was listening to something recently talking about like young guards and floaters. And it's like a lot of them will take them like way too early like way too early, like close to the free throw line as they're kind of getting started. And I kind of looking back, kind of feel like that was the case with Garland. And this was like close. He waited like an extra step. He absorbed a little contact and he makes the floater. And it was like a basket that the Cavs kind of needed. And he just kind of had to make it happen. So I, I think for me, that's it. Um, a lot. Of, I think there's, there's like an Allen dunk. I think there's some Mobley stuff. I mean, every time Mobley hits a three, it's just like kind of encouraging. And he looks again, more comfortable with them. The Osmond pick you made is, I think, perfect because it was just one of the more absurd. Like he just didn't realize he made the shot, and he just like looked confused as he like he didn't know it happened because like Beal smacked his bicep so hard. So mm-hmm. uh, a lot of good picks here, and this was a fun game. I I feel bad for I the folks. I, I feel bad for the folks that like turn into ESPN to watch like Cade and Jalen. This national TV pick. I mean, I understand why ESPN picked. Oh, me Rockets. too. Me too. Pistons, but yeah, this was a fun game. This would have been a fun national TV game. Um, I don't know what song David Griffin will play on the piano. Maybe when the league takes away some of these national TV games for the Pelicans because they realize they need to stop propping up that market. And I hope the Cavs get a couple of them because 
the more I watch this Cavs team, I think about, again, the Kyrie Irving Cavaliers, like that one year with Mike Brown where they were on national TV, and I was so excited because I was way more of a fan back then than I am now. But I was so excited to see the Cavs on national TV because it kind of just says, like, okay, they're a little relevant again. So I know people are talking about how like they have this underdog mentality. You could talk about the points betting spread and everything else, but... The barks, Darius explaining the barks in the clip they showed is like quite funny. Well, they're playing barking noises when oh did um, oh my god in the arena at one point. So you know, it's just where my dog's at. Jordan Bell, Jordan Bell just like looks on vindicated. and smiles like NBA, it's like NBA champion Jordan Bell is vindicated for his for his what he it's brought. Like, to the it's like Mufasa in the it's like Mufasa in the clouds. It's just Jordan Bell like just like forming in like the stratosphere above Rocket Romo Fiho and just smiling. Because they're carrying on his legacy because he signed with Cleveland for a hot second because there's a bunch of dogs here. And then Jimmy L. McGee was a better pickup at the end. But yeah, no, this was a fun game. Um, it, it's neat to see a lot of folks who have league pass, people who kind of covered basketball nationally, just like, oh, I'm going to check out the Cavs tonight. I'm like, it's just cool to see that. Like, people are checking them out to see how bad they are. They're talking about how fun they are. Like a, a really fun play of the night was the Evan Mobley, Jared Allen pick and roll at the very start of the game for the start things to the Cavs. Like that was neat. Like the Cavs yeah, could do I, more of that going forward. Yeah, look, I implore be weird. them to do be, more of that going forward. Be, yeah, be weird. Think. Have fun. Yeah. Be a, be a so. weird team, Cleveland Cavaliers. Um, after the break, we're going to talk about Isaac Okoro because he was back. He started. And uh, there's a lot, I think, to digest with what we saw from him. But Evan, uh, you're going to tell everyone about our friends at McDonald's. That is true. This episode of Locked on Cavs is brought to you by McDonald's, proudly serving communities since 1965. McDonald's has always been more than just a place to get tasty, affordable food. It's a place where friends and family can come to reconnect. It's a place where classmates can meet for a study group, knowing they'll have dependable Wi-Fi and endless supplies of French fries and McFlurries. Win or lose, it's a place where teammates, competitors, the home team, or the away team can come to recharge. It's the place you always look forward to stopping at on a long road trip to rest your legs and refuel. So if you're hungry like I am right now and I'm starving actually, but it's too late to me to eat, you should head to your local McDonald's and refuel and reconnect. Did somebody say a locked on Cavs watch party? I'm loving it. Finnegan, the cat's loving it. Chris Wolf Manning is loving it. And I bet you you're loving it too. That is, that is my middle name. Don't wear it out with a U. What's, hey, what's the last four of your social and your mother's maiden name? Just ask him for a friend. Um, 6969. And, uh, wow, what a childish answer. You're, you're right. It is. Anyway, we're going to, we're back here. Um, Isaac Okoro, Evan. He's um, back. Okay. He what's going on? Are you, are you, are you, are you, you're, you're a child. The large king. The large my king. Our, our thick king with two C's. Yes, but yeah, Isaac Okoro is back, and he was really freaking good. I mean, offensively, Rini's an old locked-on Cavs trope. If you're a first-time listener slash watcher, which we appreciate you making us your first listen slash watch every day, but this was a game where Isaac Okoro could not be tangibly tracked if you just looked at like the box score. Like If you didn't tune into the game and you just looked at the box score, you're like, oh, Isaac Okoro didn't do shit in 28 minutes. No, he put the clamps on brad beal at times which is so impressive because brad beal is an all-star caliber shooting guard he's arguably one of the best players at his position in the league mm-hmm. and isaac okoro is coming off a hamstring injury where he hasn't played seven eight games like jb bakerstaff said like that's a hell of a welcome back is to say like hey isaac 
I know you've been out for almost double-digit games, but we need you to come in, start for Colin Sexton, and also Brad, defend Brad Beal all in one night. Like, yeah, he played really well. I was impressed. I thought his defensive performance was like everything you could have hoped for, at least on like that that first watch. It, it's something I think I'm going to have to go back and just kind of look through a little bit. Um, he tra- tracked everywhere. It was, it was denying him off ball. It was crowding him on the catch. It was using his frame to be one of Beal's like biggest strength. I think is his, is his upper. He's, he's, he's like a pretty strong driver. He's, he's able to like, he has a good footwork. He has like really good skills. He's able to get off shots, but he's also like strong and physical and Okoro handles that. And like the offensive stuff gets a little dicey. Um, I mean, I think like his, you know, like he had, I think there's like a couple good moments in that sense. Like I think the opening basket he had was good. I think there was a play later in the game where he uh, caught the ball. He could have shot. He, you know, didn't force up a shot, but he made the, the mid, drove a little bit and then kicked it back out to Jetty, who then rotated to the other side for Darius for a three. Darius missed the three, but it was like Isaac kickstarted some good ball move. He didn't force up a shot. But then, like you know, there's obviously still growth to come there. I mean, he was in the open court at one point, um, and just like ran into Bradley Beal on the fast break, mm-hmm. like just completely just like was like tried to do like a he has like a very um heavy euro i don't like it is so like his feet are kind of in like cement sort of like he's just so bulky that like he's not like he doesn't have the most like fluid like movement when he's doing that stuff and like that like that should have been two points but he was an offensive foul on the cap so there's like clearly still some stuff to do and i think you could see early one of the things the wizards did that I wonder how aggressively they would have done this with Sexton on the floor. Um, and I haven't, I can't say I've watched like every Wizards game this year. So maybe like there's stuff I've missed, but they were trapping when the Cavs basically only had one ball handler on the floor. So like Garland or Rubio Solo, they were pretty aggressive in trapping at the top. And they, they're like saying, okay, Darius, get the ball out of your hand. Like get it to Isaac, get it to, to Jarrett. Like let those guys have to make those decisions. And like that, like I, there has to be ways to beat that. If you're the Cavs, if you're going to have this for the next couple months, you have to kind of structure stuff around that. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I think there's like change you can make in the starting lineup. And, and maybe that means going like more traditional. If it's like Okoro and Jetty, instead of like the three bigs thing, maybe marketing, you know, we've seen a little bit of flashes with him. Maybe that fit kind of works just because of the, the spacing he provides. And he is a little more comfortable with the ball in his hands. And like Dean Wade might be, but I think like it's this was kind of like he returned and it was like defensively he's outrageous and like you I don't have he's the best best wing defender in the Cavs and like the fit with him and Garland from a, that standpoint is like kind of ideal even though it was like weird to see Garland um, have to defend like KCP which is like kind of suboptimal because like Dinwiddie often was being guarded by Dean Wade which was kind of uh-huh. like an interesting choice. Um, but Din Dinwiddie. <laughs> Again, people are going to think I'm still comparing him and Darius, but didn't yeah, he's not? You, a you saw this, and you're like, "Ah, oh, yes, the sp- it's it's the two it's the two Spiderman." No, I didn't. I, I thought about it for a brief second, but I'm like, you know what? I'm a bigger man. I'm going to move forward on this. Um, unlike the rest of Cavs Twitter, but this is why Twitter is a mistake. It is. Um, I, I don't have noties turn on, man. That's how I didn't I didn't get on um, Mac Perry's podcast for the longest time because he'd be like mentioning me saying like, hey, man, you come on. But I didn't follow him. And I felt really bad because I was just like because Justin's like, dude, follow him. And I'm like, OK. And I followed him back. And he's like, yo, man, you want to come on my show? And I'm like, I feel so bad because you've asked several times and I never saw it. But um, 
Yeah, I don't see these nobodies, so I don't really care. But um, shouts to Heat Twitter too. Um, yeah, no, Isaac played really well tonight. I, I like you said. I think they had to tinker and stinker this a little bit. I think you need to look at this team at full strength, full ish strength, because if Collins back and fully healthy, I think Collins Sexton's your starting two guard. Like, yeah, I can joke about him being a six man if Okoro plays well. And like in theory, the fit between Garland and Okoro makes really good sense. Um, not as good as Garland and Dejounte Murray, but that 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 ship sailed for me. I think. But um, I, th- I think uh, I think I think we could be in a position where the next eight weeks or so if Collins out that long, I think like if Okora plays a certain way, I think you could have a conversation. Like I, I think it's going to be something where you're going to have enough data. Like you're just going to have enough data because like you can see defensively, like how it makes sense. You just can't defensively. It makes sense, but offensively the, 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 the wizards were packing the paint because Isaac yeah. was on the floor. Oh yeah. They, he has to just like the, the shot stuff has to come or else this is like a big problem. The, the Cavs roster is also just like screaming for like a wing who can like dribble a little bit and shoot like they're they're desperate for like a wing play well, I mean, guy like teams the nba no but like but even someone dri- like a kcp who could like dribble a little bit would like be extremely helpful you know what i mean like even like that level of oh, like yeah. wing like and jetty kind of can be that but like he's more of a gunner and he's a little more like frantic defensively yeah like they if they have like a, a better defensive version of jetty like that kind of guy plus isaac would be kind of an interesting wing rotation um yeah Defensively, Isaac was fun. Yeah, defensively, defensively, yeah. defensively, he chooses me a lot. I think, like you said, the Beal, the, the defense on Beal. I think we just should just note, like, outrageous. Like again, we've kind of said it, it's, but like, that was the lowest. That was the lowest, fewest number of points Beal has scored in a game all year, and Isaac was like. And Brad Beal's averaging twenty four or five and yeah, five before he this game. Clamped up Bradley Beal and like it just speaks to like how tricky the offensive stuff is and how important it is in the league that it's just like not a no brainer that he just plays like 35 minutes. You know what I mean? It's just like the offensive stuff is just such a a tricky thing. Um, But then it's like, does he do like, I just like see him do two or three things a game where on offense where I'm just like, I think he can like figure this out. And then it just like, if just, I just also just want him to like hit like one, like one catch and shoot three. You know, just like yeah, one. I mean, I'm encouraged. He's taking those three pointers. I'm not really going to be too, too concerned. I think, you get five to 10 games back of a healthy Isaac. Then you start to really take stock of his offensive production. But like he missed nearly 10 games on a hamstring injury, which are notoriously tricky. And yes, his defensive instincts are just naturally there, but like offensively he showed plenty of rust tonight too. And like, I don't know the Cavs track hustle plays and quote unquote winning plays a lot in terms of their advanced analytics stuff. And I'm pretty sure Isaac caps out pretty high in terms of like defensive winning plays because he was really good. Like you said, like he put the clamps on Brad Beal and when he wasn't on the floor, it was the Mar Stevens's turn and it, it worked for the most part. Yes. Brad hurt the Cavs in other ways in terms of like playmaking and such, but they really negated a huge offensive threat. And it just turned out that, to the three former Lakers or what really hurt the Cavs the most. Yeah. Well, the other thing is I, I think they ended this game. If a is on the floor instead of Stevens. Oh yeah. Um, I, I, I think it's like fair to wonder, um, if that, that turns out Colin JB's part. Well, I, I just wonder if I guess we should, I mean, the zoom is malfunctioning. We we're both on zoom, but, I wonder if it was just like that fall was like the fall that he had just like wasn't great. And they're just like, okay, we're just not, we're just going to like, we're good here. You yeah. know what I mean? Like first came back, like the long game. And I would, res- 
respect that if that's the case, but it's just like he, if he, there's been times where he's been clipped on screens and like doesn't navigate them. And that, you know, that could have happened there. Like that's certainly like Lamar's not like a, a bad, like kind of unaware defender. And that it's like, I just want, Wondering if okay, if I go older than that, uh, that just I think that's just how good I think he kind of already is on, on defense, even if the offense is just like obviously like a project. Evan, I'm gonna put this out there now because I want to bully myself into doing in public pressure sometimes because even my therapist would approve of this. But should I write for fearthesword.com a good blog? What I just try to write a blog about what Isaac O'Hora was on offense. Should I do that? Yeah, okay. Do it. I'll edit it. All right. You'll edit Sitting it. Sitting in the cat and pours it too as he makes biscuits on All my right. chair and swats at my arm so, because homie is hungry. So today we're recording this on November 10th. You're going to listen to this on November 11th. Uh, let's just say I'm going to, by by November 18th, I'm going to have written this. Um, you'll be able to read it and then we'll talk about it on this podcast if that sounds good. We're going to do that. It's sounds, we, we have a public deadline and, and Evan can, um, what, Evan, what bad movie do I have to see if... Uh, you still have to go see Venom. So well, I may I be know. doing that tomorrow. So, oh, that'll be fun. Yeah, I can see how um, excited I am. Yeah, here, Finnegan. Do you have any closing comments for Chris as we wrap up the show? Oh wait, I, I didn't even. I even, wait. I actually forgot my bit. Evan, what happened oh. to your Akron zip, my boy? You know, man, it's not about wins and losses. It's about wins and lessons for John Grossi. <laughs> the Ohio, Ohio University well, legend, Which one are you John talking Gross. about, the basketball game or the football game? They Oh, bro, the, the football. Both. The football. The, they uh, both, they both, lost the Western both Michigan. Our, both of our alma mater football programs are in, are in dire straits right now. Um, the JCU magic of Tom Marth couldn't save you at Akron, so tough yeah. luck. Are you guys going to bring back your old decrepit coach like Kansas State did? Oh, no. It's Frank. Frank's retired forever, man. Uh PJ Fleck. Which one of our schools is hiring PJ Fleck when he gets fired by Minnesota? Is the real answer here. We're gonna row that boat. I hope Akron. I, I PJ Fleck. You know what sucks the most, man? <laughs> Terry Bowden's doing really well, and I hate Terry <laughs> Bowden. It just really, really bothers me Look, that he's probably the best coach in Akron football history in recent yeah. years. Look, I'm saying BVP. Jason Carter's back from Xavier. We got the first force, the highest recruit the school's had since DJ Cooper. Excuse me, Xavier, it's Xavier. I'm not a Jesuit. I don't know. It's in Kentucky. That's in that's a school in Kentucky. It's in Cincinnati. Yeah, I said, you heard me. It's Kentucky. Cincinnati is essentially Kentucky. It's like you can see Kentucky from across the board. Okay. Yeah. Finnegan the kit. What do you have to say about that? All right, we're leaving here. Everyone, we'll be back tomorrow. We're going to talk about Colin Sexton. We're going to preview Cavs Pistons, and we're going to preview Cavs Celtics because the Cavs have a three-game homestand back-to-back Friday and into Saturday um, against Friday against Detroit, Saturday against the Celtics, and then I believe Monday against the Celtics. This is a long stretch of home games. Um, only one in their next like stretch of their next several is on the road. Good, good change of pace for them. No back-to-backs except for this weekend. Should be fun. Uh, we'll see how they handle Boston. We'll see how they handle, you know, Kate Cunningham in his first game against the Cavs in Cleveland. I'm sure the Mobley Cade stuff will be fun. Evan, any any final final thoughts for real here? Uh, I'll be at the Charge game today when this episode posts on Veterans Day. They'll be playing the Windy City Bulls. Hopefully, they get their first win of the season. If they do, maybe Chris will let me do a locked on now from the Wolstein Center. It's not it. up to me. That's up to that's up to the, the higher ups. We could just do it for ourselves. We just do it on YouTube. That's true. Because I do know how to do that now. Anyway, 
Subscribe yeah, on YouTube. Chris has the power. They don't know what they did. <laughs> Subscribe on YouTube, folks. We're losing steam quick. It's anyway. Isaac Crow's back, but the Cavs lost. They're seven and five on the year. Still better than we thought. A lot more to talk about. It's going to be fun. Talk to you soon.